This podcast is rated PG-13 for parents cautioned. We encourage parent guidance for children under 13. You're listening to BearCast by ASF. Our first speaker is an Apple Distinguished Innovator educator, Google innovator, and ASF's team coordinator who has worked for the past 25 years on finding innovative strategies for teaching and learning throughout Latin America, Sweden, and the United States. She is an expert in designing spaces and experiences that facilitate interdisciplinary, cross-divisional, hands-on learning, combining modern technology with manual tools in order to foment creativity and spark innovative ideas. Ladies and gentlemen, please give a warm welcome to Tracy Bryan. Hi. Thank you all. Um, it feels really great to be up here on the stage. Um, you may know, you may not. I'm not an ASF alum, so I feel very honored that I was invited to speak to you all today, and I feel I'm among really good company. Um, I've spent 19 years of my educational career teaching here at ASF, so I've actually probably been lots of your teacher over the years, and so it's a real joy to be here tonight. We're going to talk a little bit about digital citizenship, and I'd like to start with this picture. This was texted to me two weeks ago from a concert my husband attended with my 10th grade daughter with the caption, Sacame de aquí, es un infierno. And so, get me out of here, it's hell. And so I laughed and I looked at it, thankful I wasn't at the concert. But what stood out to me was the fact that the kids who had so much been longing to go to a live concert for over a year were watching it behind the screen of their small phones. That triggered another memory from hearing this fact when I was fortunate enough to be up in the sound booth and, and watching, preparing an event for the ECC. And I was noticing that almost all the parents in the audience were watching their children from behind their small screens. So what I want to talk about a little bit tonight is how we say that art imitates life, life imitates art. Kids imitate their parents and what they see them doing. So I want to show you some, um, just some tips, some thoughts about digital citizenship. There's a lot of talk about doomsday and jobs disappearing and being replaced by robots. Actually, what we know is that technology is creating lots of new jobs. So the jobs will be different. We'll have very different types of jobs that are going to be high tech and high touch. And so it's equally important that we teach kids and we learn ourselves how to learn, relearn, prepare for new jobs, multiple careers, and have um, you know, the ability to pivot and change our careers multiple times. If you're interested, you can check out this website and take a test. It tells you what you'd be suited for in the future. Once I heard a speaker from Google say, I teach my kids how to cross the street because I can't ban traffic in LA. That reigns true for Mexico City as well. And it's a good parallel for the technology world. Our students, our children, were born into a world with technology. So it's to our advantage, to all of our advantage, to use the technology, to learn how to use it appropriately so that we can, we can learn and grow from it. The one thing I hear most often about little kids is they're digital natives. They were born with a the device. They're used to it. You don't need to teach them how to use it. This is a really interesting one-page worksheet with six strategies for decoding words used by an elementary school teacher. If you imagine how hard it was for you to learn how to read a book, to decode words, to know how to read, to judge the validity of a book or the point of view of the author, just think about that multiplied by millions of authors on the internet. We can't just say they were born with it. Of course, they're going to be able to touch a button and see a light flash, but that doesn't mean that they know how to use it or us either. 
There are institutions all over the world and government agencies that are working to develop digital citizenship standards that we can use and teach. And some of these broad categories are digital rights and responsibilities, literacy, communications, emotional intelligence. And within each of these categories, there are areas we can work on to use the technology to our advantage to keep ourselves safe and to share. If you're interested in knowing what kind of a digital citizen you are, you can take this quick test and it'll give you strategies for improving your online time for how you can be more of a creator instead of a consumer. So just little tips and ways that you can begin to be healthier online. The statistics are from the US, it's harder to find them from Mexico sometimes, but 72% of the American public uses some type of social media. That's including children. And the majority of social media sites are made for children at least 13 years or older. Every time we put a fake birthday in for a kid, we're exposing them to things that the software wasn't designed for. So things that we need to be mindful of. We know that the online world causes anxiety. We know that it can trigger suicidal thoughts in some kids. And there are software programs and things that can help you determine trigger words in conversations that might be um, leading to kids with unhealthy behavior. So those are things that are also being done with technology that are positive to combat some of the use of it online. As a teacher here at the school and teaching lots of digital literacy, I often hear, what are you doing about the girls? The girls. The girls are doing risky behavior. The girls have problems. The girls feel like they have to look a certain way. And let me tell you, the guys are feeling the same way. They're feeling the pressure, middle school boys, to look like a superhero, to you know, be super macho. And I've had just as many boys as girls ask me for tips and strategies to help them and talk to their parents about not feeling this pressure to be very macho or the one that can't have feelings. Social media sites, streaming services, Online games are fantastic at highlighting the zones of our brain and releasing dopamine and giving us the, the like or the streak or the next show right away. And that's fine and it can be relaxing, it can provide us entertainment, but we have to keep a balance there. We have to eat well, we have to rest, we have to do cognitively challenging activities instead of passively consuming this information. I like this ad a lot. It's Radio Shack 1993. So for some of you, that was the holy grail to go and get your devices, the computers, all this stuff. Out of curiosity, the stuff on there adds up to over $3,000. But you can make phone calls, you could make videos, you could do lots of things. The same things our kids can do today in the palm of their hands with a tablet or a telephone. So if it was really exciting to be able to get a video camera and make a video, and you're really proud to share that with your friends, why are we only consuming videos now? The idea is to use these technologies to be able to create content, to be a contributor. There are some statistics five or six years ago that said that 90% of the content on internet was only created by 10% of the users. So there are a lot more voices that need to be heard. Kids can tell their own story. They can make podcasts. They can create recordings. They can share it with the world. They can learn about electricity or things they might not be being taught by experts in their own school. I love this picture because a kid came in the other day to the makerspace and said, Miss Tracy, I'm the kid, the kid who had surgery and the kid who can't go to recess. Do you remember me? And I said, yes, I remember you, of course. He said, I got really bored, but then I realized I could learn anything I wanted while I wasn't at recess. I decided I wanted to make a flashlight because that'd be really cool, right? I said, yeah, it's really cool. He said, here's my flashlight. And so he got on YouTube, he figured out how to make a flashlight. 
he, you know, got the materials, put it together, and brought it in. So that's the power of the technology. It connects us with experts all over the world, allows us to learn things we wouldn't be able to learn in our own small town or city, or even somewhere as large as Mexico City, because it's infinite. This is a high school student who's learning photography, taking pictures, turning his photography into fantastic artwork, and using that to create multimedia presentations. These kids wanted to know how simple machines worked, so they decided to build their own arcade games using simple machines. So they got online, they figured out what a pulley was and how inclined planes work and how I can make my own claw machine. And then they went back to the space and actually physically built it. So my, my point with this is, you know, not vilifying technology, but simply using it as an amazing tool to access the knowledge of the world and be creators. So the World Economic Forum has identified the top skills that in the next three to four years will be very important. Big categories like problem solving, self-management, working with people, and technology. And all of those things are really important for us to be teaching our kids and learning ourselves so that we can keep up in the new jobs to come. This quote really, really stood out to me. The amount of people who have access to their telephone 24 hours a day without moving their feet. So that's probably a lot of us in the room as well. When to know when to take the device away, when the kids are not creating, when we're not being healthy ourselves, when we're not modeling appropriately. Is the screen time affecting things in your household? Does it affect trips or what you want to do? Does it affect your sleep, your eating habits? Once those things begin to affect, it's time to say device-free meals, no devices in bedrooms, things like that. The healthiest thing we can do is use our devices to create and share, connect, and then create a space between ourselves and our devices to revise, re regenerate, and, and be ready to learn more, to do more, and share more. Thank you very much. That's all for today. Stay tuned for the next episode.